Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. As we come to the end of Lent in the Christian calendar, I'm going to take a slightly different approach this week and next and dedicate the next two podcasts to just two pieces. The Requiem by Gabriel Fauré this week and the Bach St. Matthew Passion next. But I will release the Passion on Good Friday, not the normal Monday. Each piece deserves to be listened to on its own without the interruption of other music. And both are very different approaches to the theme of death. Let me say from the off that you do not have to be a believer of any kind to appreciate these masterpieces, even if it might help. Both will speak to you in different ways, as will become clear. But we've all experienced or witnessed death at close hand, especially over the last couple of years. And I can think of no better music to help, in some way personal to us each, to come to terms with it. Whether it be a recent demise, or one a while ago, or indeed if we are confronting it right now. So I hope you might stay with me to hear for yourself the extraordinary comfort which music, and these works in particular, can bring in our darkest hours. Thore's Requiem, first performed in 1888, was a quite deliberate and manifestly successful attempt to write something different from the standard format. And Thore said as much himself, because as an organist, he was bored with trotting out the same old dirgy stuff week after week. Apart from the notable exception of Brahms, the Requiem had traditionally been set to music which at times can be quite threatening in anticipation of the Day of Judgment. Foray's simple and at times nearly cheerful music has caused it to be labelled lightweight by some, a criticism compounded by its relatively short length, just 35 minutes or so. Even the priest in his church at the time of its composition dismissed it as a sort of unnecessary novelty. This is to miss the point completely. In its seven parts, there's only really one dark movement, which in itself doesn't last very long. The aim, beautifully achieved, is to offer solace in instantly appealing melodies applied to words which are of an entreating nature. In short, it's all about a request for liberation from eternal death. The recording I've chosen today is by the Choir of King's College, Cambridge, with a new Philharmonia Orchestra conducted by the late Sir David Wilcox. As a young man arriving on the beaches of Normandy, he saw dead bodies for the first time on a horrific stage of slaughter, watching his commanding officer being shot in front of him, and then his immediately promoted second-in-command just minutes later. In all that bloody mayhem, the Foray Requiem was apparently in his head. So let's open with the first two passages, the Requiem Eternam, Eternal Rest Give Unto Them, O Lord, with the traditional Kyrie Eleison, Lord Have Mercy, followed by the Offertory, where we hear the words Ne Cadant in Obscurum, that they may not fall into darkness. Then picked up by the baritone, here sung by John Carroll Case, with the words Fac Eas Domine, Make Them, Lord, Transcend from Death to Life.
The Sanctus, whether set to music in a requiem or traditional mass, is the point composers often choose to display some exuberance. In Verdi's account, for example, it opens with a blaze of brass, and the whole thing seems to be finished in a matter of moments. Again, Fauré takes a different approach, with music which is altogether more dreamy, with only this brief triumphant phase in the middle to assert the jubilation of Hosanna in excelsis before returning to the calm. From there, we move to the Pie Jesu, here sung by the treble Robert Chilcott, a prayer to good Jesus to grant them rest, and a passage which has come to be a favourite of many. And then to the Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God, where once again, in this fresh opening, Foray's music departs from the norm, which was to have a slightly doleful minor key approach. That, you'll notice, doesn't come until a little bit later, after which he brings us back to the original theme right at the beginning of the work. So here they are, the Sanctus, the Pia Jesu, and the Agnus Dei, all sung by the King's College Cambridge Choir under Sir David Wilcox.
We now come to the Libra Mei, a plea to be freed from everlasting death. This part was actually written as a separate piece some ten years before, and was not even included on the first performance. This is the only dark passage of the Requiem which I mentioned at the beginning, but it is still clothed with a gorgeous melody. Dies Irae, the first reference to the Day of Judgment, dips into a necessarily threatening minute or two, but Forre doesn't want to dwell on that too much. Listen out for a very palpable underlying heartbeat in the music. Forre was not a devout Christian, so I have no idea if that irregular beat goes beyond a musical device alone, but it certainly fits in well with his aim to focus on everlasting life.
We've now reached the end of Horry's Requiem, but not for the first time he strays from the accepted text and adds a section which is normally used as a prayer at the burial site. In Paradisum de Ducant Angeli, May Angels Lead You to Paradise, is a thoroughly fitting close to the piece. Forrid is reminding us that this may not be the end, but just possibly a new beginning. As I said when he started, it doesn't really matter whether you believe in an afterlife or not, but those of us who say farewell to loved ones would surely prefer to do so with some encouragement and even a little cheer. And these closing moments, with those frequently repeated notes on the organ adding a subtle promising element of eternity, seem to do just that. Especially with a perfectly lovely way in which optimism is conveyed as the tune really opens up on the word Jerusalem. These last few minutes sum up everything we have heard thus far. This is a requiem for comfort, not fear. I find it astonishing that so many people dismiss it just because those of other composers are so much longer. His fellow countryman Poulenc detested it, saying it was a real penance to have to listen to it. Well, if this is the first time you've heard it in full, I do hope that's not been your experience. This recording, with King's College Cambridge and David Wilcox and the Philharmonia, is more than 50 years old and has stood the test of time. It remains my favourite version.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you. So please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.